When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM, Channel 80, the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, and good morning, everybody. We are playing one down today. We're one short. Jovante Lawrence, major car issues. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Not here. But here's the question I have. Not necessarily about Jovante, because I believe Jovante has proven that he is unbelievably committed to this show. Very reliable. If you're going to work... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sound effects. No? That, that's the sad party horn. Uh-oh. That's the danger of having Pat Costello on the board. Yeah. Oh, Pat's that on is the, the one yeah, That Pat is the danger board. of Pat being on the board. Okay, so if somebody is going to work and they have car issues, blessing in disguise or a disaster? And what I mean by this is a lot of times people would then say in today's day and age, let me just get the car taken care of and find an Uber or a ride to work. Other people would say, and I'm not saying Jovante, other people would say, oh, an honest, real reason to not have to go to work today. I can call my employer and say car issues, and it's truthful, and I go home. What will most people do in that spot, you think? Why would you ever want car issues? I would so Because much you get out of work. work. No, but I would so much rather go to work than deal with a headache like that, have my transportation messed up. It's likely going to cost you money. It's going to throw your whole day off because yeah. you're going to be focused on being able to get your wheels back right because you can't do anything without them. But here's the other downside to it. You have to use a vacation day at work. So that means that you're not going to be able to take that vacation day later on when the weather breaks and it starts getting warm outside and you just don't feel like it or you want to make it a long weekend, three-day weekend. Yeah. You don't have that luxury anymore because you used a day of vacation to take care of your car issues, which wasn't really a vacation. Yeah. Anybody that's ever had a car problem, having to get the tow truck, having to take it to a garage, having to go through your insurance to get the repairs, anybody that's ever had a, you know that that's not a vacation. Like, you're on the phone, you're on hold the entire day, usually the entire week, trying to get that figured out. Like, to have to deal with that on your way to work? Nah, man, I'm all good on that. I don't know about this. I'm all good on we that. We work no. We no. work in a spot <laughs> where you want to be. Like, we have a great fun job we get to be here we don't have to be here we get to be here there's a big difference in that I think you guys are wrong I think most people out there try to find any reason to not go to work every day and if they had a legit honest moral ethical reason of car issues I think they're cool with it I'm telling you I'm telling you, you have car issues. Most people are using it to not go to work. But not at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so exactly. right now, I'm, that's what you're I'm already, saying. I'm not saying Javante. <laughs> I'm not saying Javante because I know he wants to be here. He has proven his commitment. I'm saying, you know, average everyday person listening right now that hates their job tries to find any reason to not go to their job regardless of the time it's at. I can waking up stuffy, head cold. Like those are just a lot easier than hey, I might have to shell out a lot of money yeah. on my car. Like especially, you know, like no, like 
Nope, nope. I'll take. <laughs> I'll come to work on a Tuesday and be miserable versus staying home and dealing with that. He Same. told us the estimate already for what it's going to cost to fix it. Uh oh, it's not cheap. Oh, it's really? Hundreds of dollars. Oh that sucks. no! Again, I'm just taking what happened with Javante and making a big picture. I'm not talking about him specifically. I but feel see, badly for him. And Smalls has already offered to pay. That's so nice. Oh my God! But this is indicative. <laughs> let, me tell, let me tell you what she didn't do. <laughs> Please. That part. That part right there. Right. Well, let me if tell you. Anyone what she on the set do. that's gonna pay? <laughs> <laughs> but okay. See, though, what's happening to Javante is indicative of why you wouldn't want to pick the car troubles because you already got up. He already got up and got ready to come no to doubt. work. It's not like he gets to sleep. Been, and now he's a couple hundred dollars in the hole and doesn't have his car. I would so much rather just go to work. Not to mention his Pistons got hosed last Ooh. night on that no call against the New York Knicks. Pistons should have won that game. Should have won that game. Well, Monty Williams was thrilled with that. We'll, we'll get to that as the show progresses. The head coach of the I'm Pistons. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Not thrilled. Yeah, Not I thrilled. Mean, he had car trouble this morning, collision trouble last night in the Knicks <laughs> Pistons game. I mean, it's just, it's all going against Javante right now. Just saying. It's not good. It's not great. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Do you look for reasons to not go to work, including car trouble? I don't... I'm telling you, you guys don't... I'm telling you, you're wrong about this. People will agree with me on this. Now, now, uh, we learned yesterday by way of Adam Schefter that um, no running backs are getting franchised. And I don't think we're necessarily surprised by that. But this, this free agency class of running backs that now will include but not limited to Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, Saquon Barkley of the Giants, Derrick Henry of the Titans, and um, Tony Pollard of the Cowboys. None of them are getting franchised. I don't know why anyone would ever franchise a running back anymore. And some of these guys, I think, are going to really regret not taking long-term deals last year. Saquon was offered, what, like three for 30 or something like that? Three for 33? Something, uh, three for something. The most important number that you need to know is it was $26 million guaranteed. Okay, which he's not getting. Some, some, something like that. It was, How many it, years is he going to take to get that now? It was in the mid-20s guaranteed. Two to three? Four? Well, I mean, if you count the money that he got last year, what was it, $11 bucks? if you're counting yeah. that, I mean, he, he, he probably would get that uh, in year one of a long-term deal, assuming base salary and signing bonus on a multi-year deal. So I think there's an opportunity for it, but I mean – what we're seeing from the running backs as a whole is that the prime or the shelf life for a running back is the first five years of their career. Mm-hmm. And that's what teams are willing to pay for. And once we get beyond that threshold, they're anticipating the production falling off the cliff. They're particip- anticipating the availability not being as frequent, frequent, which is why they're not willing to pay for it. So when we start looking at other position groups and we look at, at teams that, that are willing to pay guys top-of-the-market money – it's because they're paying a premium for the heart of a player's prime, right? When we see players in their mid to latter 20s, that is considered the heart of your prime, but that it's accelerated at the running back position because of the wear and tear. Absolutely, and this was obviously such a huge conversation point last offseason with the running backs when they all got together and tried to figure out a way to stop their position from being devalued, but it feels like a year removed from that, we're in the same exact place with this position group. And I, there's certain case-by-case instances where I think it's different, but I think collectively the NFL is looking at this position and saying we would rather take our chances with younger running backs or running backs by committee than allocate all of those funds to one aging player. Put it this way. The person that was third in the running back in rushing last year in yards was Kyron Williams. 
How many people outside of CC ever heard of that guy before he was third in rushing in the NFL? Well, year? I knew him because he's from St. Louis. And he okay, you get my point. <laughs> you get my point, right? James Cook, who played at Georgia, was a name guy for the Bills, but not a first-round pick. DeAndre Swift for Philadelphia was picked by the Lions and not re-signed. Like, I'm sorry, it is the easiest position in all of sports to find. Yeah, but there are levels to this, though, because for your argument, I would point to the guy in San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, who went over 2,000 yards from scrimmage and had over 20 touchdowns. And where would they be without him? Exactly. They would not be in the Super Bowl without him. He's the best player on that offense outside of Trent Williams. I mean, they were literally in the Super Bowl without him, though. I mean, he wasn't on the team the first time. So, I mean, they've they've gone far without him, right? They lost, right? They lost, to be fair. So, I just don't – he – so, let's let's leave him aside, right? Levels to this, one level, like, like Mahomes. Right? It's just Christian McCaffrey. After that, what are we looking at? I mean, you can't pay running backs. You can't. It's just, it makes no sense. So all these teams well, I mean, make the I, right I, I, think, I don't think that it's you can't pay running backs. I think you have to have a unique set of circumstances when you do decide that you're going to pay him. Like, if you're going to pay a running back, you need to be in your championship window. That's why it makes sense for the San Francisco 49ers to pay Christian McCaffrey to trade a second-round pick for him. It made sense because mm-hmm. they're in the heart of their window yes, to I agree. for a championship. The New York Giants aren't there. The Tennessee Titans aren't there. The Las Vegas Raiders aren't there. The Chargers aren't there. So I understand why those teams don't want to pay a premium and tag a guy for a second time. And knowing that the tag, when you tag him for a second time, goes up 44%. Oh, they. So 44% based on their cap hit from this past year is what you would have to pay that guy. So in Josh Jacobs' case, it would be $14 million, not the $12 million that Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley would be in line for. Which is inexcusable, right? And all of that that? money hits your salary cap in that year. So it all hits the 2024 salary cap. Teams don't want to do business in that way, especially when you're paying for the downside of a player's career. Again, I think that's where the conversation comes back to. Teams don't want to pay for anything less than a player's prime when you're giving you a premium at the position. Like with, when the Dallas Cowboys paid Ezekiel Elliott, it made sense. Zeke had two rushing titles in three years, and the Cowboys were in the heart of their window to compete for a championship. It made sense. Now, people didn't like the way the deal looked on the back end of it, but it didn't matter at that point. Right, they get rid of them. You get rid of them. You're like you're paying for the prime years, but unless you're getting those prime years, like unless you're getting year four, year five, year six from the running back, it doesn't make sense to pay them top of the market money. And I think that's what we're seeing the NFL do in terms of correcting how they do business with that particular position. Totally agree with you. Everything you just said, totally agree with a thousand percent. Brad in Alabama listening on Sirius XM channel 80 trying to get out of work. What's up, Brad? <laughs> Yeah, no, I've got to uh, side with CC and Michelle on this. If I'm going to take a vacation day, I want to have a day of fun lined up. I don't want a day on the phone. But do you look for ways out of work? That's what I'm – okay, fine. But do you look for ways out of work? No, not at all. If I've got to go to work, i got to go to work. Just got to do it. Got to strap it on and go. And no way I'm looking to get out of work for a day of phone uh, tag with an insurance company. (laughs) I'm going to work, getting my job done. I'll take a day of vacation and go to the lake or something. All right, fair. Uh, Chandler in Charleston, listening on 98.9. What's up, Chandler? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, I can't imagine being so miserable at work that you're just dying for an excuse to get off. I mean, you don't really have to love it, but you at least got to like some aspects of it. And, uh, no, working on a car is not my idea of a a day off, that's for sure. Uh, 
right. All right. Maybe you I'm are, wrong on this. You are so wrong Okay. On this I think that people look for ways out of work. I do. I think that people look for ways out of work all the time. But now with your car troubles. All right. So you may have found the, the one uh, way around it then. Also, Unless I- you're lying about the car troubles. Oh. oh well, now you just went specifically to Jovante. No, I was no, not, not him. Doing. I'm just saying. Yeah, if you called and were like, ah, "I'm having <laughs> car issues, can't get in, boss. Sorry." And then, isn't that exactly what Jovante did, though? Yeah, but I mean, again, the situation <laughs> of him calling at like four in the morning is a little bit different because who would you wouldn't lie at that point? I give him a lot of credit. He started the call to Nuno. I'm okay. Oh, I that's a that. great job by him to start at that because you get a call at four in the morning from somebody, you automatically assume, uh oh. Something is wrong. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought maybe you, people would find a way out of work. Uh, yes, but I think you're you're devaluing one component of this, like a running back. People do not want to give up the vacation day. I earned that vacation day. I need to be on a yeah. beach with a cocktail in Thousand my hand. Percent. And right. people do not want to burn that on a car trouble issue. And you really can't enjoy the vacation day unless you know you have it the night before so you yes. don't have to get to bed on time. Exactly. You know what I mean? We're it's not, not going to bed at 8 It's not a vacation day when you're going to bed at 8 or 9 o'clock. <laughs> exactly. So All right, that one I'll give you. That yes. one, that's the best point so far. That one I'll give you because, yes, the night before matters in this scenario here uh, with asking out of work. All right, coming up. There is an NFL coach who kind of guaranteed a Super Bowl, I think. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle and save with your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. (laughs) We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You know, the Buffalo Bills have been a big topic of conversation on our show since we started (laughs) five plus months ago. Why? Well, they have a great quarterback. I don't think anybody is denying that. Well, maybe... We have at times. Um, I was going to say, what are you talking maybe about? Maybe we're all actually denying that. Really, now. really, really good quarterback. Better said. Thank really, you, really good quarterback. They have a really, really good quarterback. A tier who, one quarterback? Tier no. one Tier one quarterback. He's a tier one quarterback. Wait a tier minute. one quarterback. Okay, what's Mahomes? Tier less? Tier like, less. Okay. He's on his own. All right, now we're going to start a whole different debate. Are we sure that Josh Allen is on tier one? If Lamar's on tier one, I can't put him. Okay, anyway. We've had this conversation <laughs> about the Bills and Josh Allen. And we also have grouped them with the Eagles and the Cowboys and maybe just maybe the Niners as teams that have really good rosters with really big potential that may ultimately have a coach on the hot seat because of the fact that Vrabel and Belichick are just sitting there waiting for jobs. Okay, fine. Set up complete. Well, Sean McDermott told The Athletic, um, their head coach, about the Super Bowl. Quote, it's not a matter of if. 
It's just a matter of when. End quote. So Sean McDermott is guaranteeing a Super Bowl? Is that what's happening here? It, yes. That's what it sounds like. And why would we do that? Well, would you have it any other way? Why comment on it? What, because that's what, you, that's what you want your locker room to believe. That's what you want your organization to believe. Everybody in the building, you want them to have the same agenda, which is to win a championship. There are no consolation prizes. Not for a team that's won the division four years in a row. Not for a team that's had five straight double-digit win seasons. Matter of fact, they've had a double-digit win year every single year Josh Allen has been the starting quarterback except for his rookie season. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the goal should be winning a championship, and you're going to have to break through, so why not manifest that? Why not speak that into existence? To me, setting the bar that high only makes sense for a franchise that's been knocking on the door for the last several years. Yeah, and this is a little different to me than Russell Wilson saying, I'm going to win two in the next five years. This is not as far Yeah, that's just delusional. That. Yeah. Yeah, Russell Wilson, what he said is just delusional. Yeah. yeah. That one makes us pause a little bit where this one does not for me. I, I do feel that way about the Buffalo Bills. They've been in the playoffs consistently. They've gone toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs more than once. They haven't been able to break through, but they've been right there. So why wouldn't I think, and they think, think that it's just a matter of time before they inevitably get it done. So if he doesn't win a Super Bowl this year, he's out? Not get to, win it. Because it's just a matter of when, not if, right? So when is the when going to happen for Sean Sean McDermott? Like, did he just put himself on an even hotter hot seat? No, I don't think he put himself on a hotter hot seat. I think the expectations around there is that they are going to break through. They believe in what they're doing. They have conviction in their process, and that's what you should want from your head coach. Do you have belief in them? Setting the tone. Well, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant whether or not I have belief. No, if I'm the just guy, curious. If the guys that have to be on the field have a belief in him, uh-huh. then that's all that matters. Yeah, I understand. But that's, I'm asking all you your matters. opinion on this. Do you believe that this is a Super Bowl team coming up? No. No, I think they're poised to regress a little bit. Now, here's the thing. They play in the AFC East, which is a low bar to clear because I don't trust the Jets. I don't trust the Dolphins. If the Dolphins didn't win the division this year, I don't know when they're going to win the division. And the New England Patriots are rebuilding after a two-dollar two-decade-long stretch with Bill Belichick as the head coach. So they'll waltz into the playoffs by virtue of winning the AFC East. And they have the quarterback. The question is, what kind of team are they going to be once they get there? I don't trust their defense anymore. It's aging. You got aging stars like Von Miller and Matt Milano, the two safeties, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde have health issues. Trey White has health issues. So they're, they're retooling that roster on the fly. Offensively, they have all of the weapons. I thought they stumbled into something in the postseason when they formed an identity around the running game. They ran the ball 40 times against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, when have we said that about a Josh Allen quarterback Bills team? Never. So the fact that they're willing to lean into the running game like they did in December and January gives me hope for what they could be on the offensive side of the ball, especially with limiting the turnover-worthy opportunities that Josh Allen would have in a given game. So I, I, I think I think they've got the quarterback. I think they've got some good pieces to build around. I just don't necessarily see them doing it next year in terms of winning a championship. I don't know if I see it next year either, but I also don't think that that necessarily means that Sean McDermott is out next year if he doesn't get it done. Agreed. I know that we keep talking about Vrabel and Bill Belichick being out there, that their presence is looming, but I just don't know if we're going to see it happen with Bill Belichick. Mike Vrabel might be a different story, but I just keep circling back to if he didn't get an opportunity this year, I don't know if waiting another year at his age is going to benefit him. I think we keep trying to ramp up the pressure on some of these guys because of Bill Belichick's presence, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to bear out in the end. But then what you're telling me about Sean McDermott is he has a chance to be Jason Garrett with the Cowboys. 
right, have an insanely long period of time as a head coach as it relates to the rest of the time, uh, the coaches in this league, guys get fired so quickly now, way quicker than when you were a player, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. you can have a guy for two or two years not get over that hump. And Sean McDermott's had a really good record. I totally understand that. Better yeah. than Jason Garrett, right? No doubt. But Jason Garrett, the length of time he got in Dallas was insanely, like, what, he got a decade or something like that? Yeah. What we're saying is, it, or what you guys are saying is, if Sean McDermott doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, even after saying not when or not if when, you still could see him coming back in the year after, which means he's going to close in on a decade as a coach for the Buffalo Bills without ever getting to a Super Bowl? Is that possible? I mean, how many years has this guy been there already? Seven? He's had a very long career in Buffalo as it relates to his peers, and he's had success, but not the level of success that maybe he is talking about now. And that's why when I heard, when I heard these comments initially or when I saw these comments by way of The Athletic, I thought they were fake. I literally thought there was something like, I'm like, why would he do this? And I understand what you're saying. You want that belief, but I just can't believe you're, you're saying this now in, Mar- in February for the next season. But, well, shouldn't you be saying that, though, yeah. at this time of year when you're starting over, when the new league year is about to kick off in a couple of weeks, before the combine, before free agency? Shouldn't you set the bar high? Shouldn't this be, hey, we're about trying to win a championship. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and we're going to do everything we can to break through. Shouldn't you show that level of belief in, in that level of conviction in what you're what you're trying to build in your program? To me, it just makes sense. Like I, I take it as coach speak. I don't think this is him putting himself under a microscope. I don't think this is inviting any more scrutiny than we've already put on Sean McDermott. Because think about it. During the regular season, this man was forced to fire his offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. That's not a move you make when you're a team that's in the standings for the playoffs. But they did it anyway because they felt the pressure. There was that level of urgency from the top of the organization, from ownership, to actually break through. Now, they got into the postseason. You know, they won a playoff game. So, again, you have something to hang your hat on in terms of, okay, we're doing some things right. They just got to figure out the other parts of the equation that they have to fix in order to be able to compete and be on par with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in the upper crust of the AFC. I think the word that you just said there that really popped out to me was conviction because when I think about the Bills and their season, it was up and down, and it was a heartbreaking loss at the end to the Chiefs. And at this point in the year, if my coach is telling me, we are going to win, not maybe, we are going to win, that is going to give me confidence, and I'm going to pour that much more into myself and into my craft and into what we need to do as a collective in the offseason. I think it's really smart for him to come out and do this now because he's he's rallying the troops in a, in a lot of ways, and I think that that's what you want out of your coach. I just don't understand what the downside of it is, Smalls, yeah. by coming out and saying it. I don't, I don't get what the – the negative is by coming out and saying it's not a matter of if, just a matter of when we get it done. Because you actually have to do it. And then every week, oh, is, so when you, is it this year you're going to win the Super Bowl? When, tell me when you're going to win the Super Bowl. I, I am maybe too influenced by the Belichick Parcells way of thinking. I think to the three coaches you played for in the NFL, right? Or the three big coaches you played for in the NFL. And Parcells, Coughlin, and Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. I can't imagine any of those guys saying this. Could you? Oh, they've said it internally. They, well, they that's haven't, the, yeah, they haven't said it publicly. But this is a different NFL. You yeah. got to remember, I mean, I, it was been a decade since I played in the NFL. 
Well, so I wasn't but, trying to age you. you know, I'm, I'm, just, just I'm just saying it's a different NFL. It's a different generation of yeah, athletes. I get it, but like, you, I, I don't think you understand in, in how the way I look at it or other people look at it as a compliment to you. The guys that blessed you and said, I want you and on this team are freaking Hall of Famers. Yeah. And so when I look at that, they're the standard, the guys you played for. And Sean McDermott ain't that. They're the standard because they won a lot of games. Yeah. That's why they're the standard. I, I think that's the thing. When it comes to the methodology of it all, we have this, this uh, I guess, this archetype in our mind of this is what it takes in order to have success in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think that's changing and evolving right in front of us. But just like the game, the style of play is changing, how offenses are changing and evolving, how defenses are more multiple. I think coaches are becoming more dynamic in that regard. And, and you have to have a coach like Sean McDermott that's willing to put it on wax, that's willing to come out there and say it. So players don't necessarily have to be in that position where they're setting the agenda for the team. We didn't give Joe Burrow heat when he said the window was his entire career. No. It's not like we were asking him about that every single week. Oh, you're injured again. What about the window? Because we truly believe it. We believe that as long as he's out there and healthy, the Bengals have a chance. And if I'm Sean McDermott, as long as I have Josh Allen as my quarterback, I think i got a pretty good shot. I also think maybe Sean McDermott knows if he doesn't have a big year this year, he's done anyway. So why not try something different than what he's done in years past? But what you just said is very interesting about the idea that the coach needs to rally the troops in a way publicly that they didn't when you were playing. It's part of the way in which guys have to operate today. We can continue this conversation. Plus, we got Candy's power rankings around the NFL Combine coming up. But first, CeCe has this from Vivid Seats. Okay, here we go. Vivid Seats wants you to secure the seats and the memories with them this year. Your home for every dunk, every slap shot, every stolen base. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals with Vivid Seats. Rewards you earn with every purchase from buzzer beaters to walk-off home runs. Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's time for Canty's NFL Power Rankings. has top five players to light up the combine this week. Absolutely. 
Can we get some music, Pat? What are we doing here? There we go. We got to get an Uber for Javante. We got to get some football music going on. I know Pat doesn't play the background music. He's machine gunning drops every single second he gets. I Will mean, he have just, the numbers ready? Uh, I hope so. We're going to find Number out. Number five. Oh, there we go. Number five. Well, you didn't is. let him set it there up. There it is. There it is. For my top five guys that are going to light up the combine, we're going to kick this off Let's with go. a guy that has a lot of name recognition, a household brand of sorts, because he was on the national champion Michigan Wolverines. Javante's going to miss this part because I'm going to big up one of his guys. But Roman Wilson, who checks in on my all feisty nugget team, I mean, this guy is six foot 180, but the way that he plays, the physicality, the intensity, he's got a lot of Debo Samuel in his game. You can use him uh, on those routes in between the numbers, short to intermediate zones. This guy is going to find the open area and sit down, present a target for his quarterback. He's the security blanket for J.J. McCarthy. I anticipate him being that at the next level for whatever quarterback on the team that drafts him. I mean, this guy is verified sub 4-4 speed, so this is one of the guys that's going to want one of the fastest times at the combine. I think he's going to be really, really polished when it comes to the on-field receiver drill. So Roman Wilson, wide receiver from Michigan, one of my guys to light up the combine. What round if he does light it up? Oh, he's, he's probably going to be a late first, early second round pick. So good team drafting him. Yes. Oh, Got it. I love yes. that. He's yes. one of those guys that always gets separation. It feels like throughout the season into the Senior Bowl, his draft stock has been steadily climbing. Yeah. yeah. He is he so, is really good. Wait, what you call him? A feisty nugget? Feisty nugget. <laughs> feisty nugget. <laughs> feisty nugget. Okay. Feisty nugget. So I got, I got the best fit for Roman Wilson being the Cincinnati Bengals. They franchise tag T. Higgins, yep. which means they're probably going to let Tyler Boyd walk in free agency. So there's your third Somebody receiver. to replace their third receiver, Tyler Boyd. Roman Wilson stepping right in with Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. What a dream landing spot I for mean, him. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. So look for that in the second round. Keeping it moving. Number four. Olu Fashanu, left tackle extraordinaire out of Penn State. I, I mean, I know a lot of people like Joe Alt. This guy is my favorite tackle in the, in the draft. Uh, he's got really long arms, but he doesn't look like a left tackle when he walks off the bus. He looks like a bodybuilder. That, that's the kind of frame that Olu, Olu Fashanu has. 6'6", 315, and runs like a deer. Like, that's what we're talking about. A sub-540 for an offensive lineman that's over 300 pounds. That's what you should anticipate with Olu Fashanu from Penn State. I think he's going to be a plug-and-play guy. He's going to have a decades-long career with Pro Bowl-level play at the offensive tackle position. My best fit for Olu Fashano is the New York Jets. Well, I'm glad you brought up runs like a deer. I had four of them in my front lawn yesterday uh, (laughs) as I came home from picking my son up from basketball. one of them have a helmet on? Because it may have been Olu Fashano. A Jets helmet. It's coming to New York. That's what it is. It may have been Olu (laughs) Fashano. He's one of those guys, too. You said he's so big and can move like a deer. Those are the type of guys that people get enamored with and fall in love with at the Combine. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Keep it pushing. Number three. All right. We got a name that's not as well known, but will be after this weekend, and that is Quinion Mitchell, quarterback from Toledo. In 2023, Mitchell allowed 27 catches on 62 targets for only 290 yards, only 67 yards after the catch, zero touchdowns, one pick, and 14 PBUs. And here's the thing. The opponent passer rating was 51. 
And that's after he followed up the 2022 campaign when he had, what, 27 catches he allowed on 70 targets, only 270 yards, three touchdowns, but he had five picks, 13 PBUs, and an opponent passer rating of 34.8. This guy is a shutdown corner in every sense of the word. He's better right now in man coverage than he is in zone coverages, being able to operate in those complex schemes and pass things off and communicate. So that's something that he'll have to clean up, something that he'll have to work on. But in terms of height, weight, speed, this guy has everything that you're looking for. I mean, he can get a little unorthodox sometimes when it comes to transitioning and some of the zone turns that he might have in coverage. So that's something that he's got to work on. But, I mean, this guy is going to check every box for somebody that's looking for a lockdown corner. My best fit for Quinion Mitchell is going to the L.A. Chargers. So, oh, wow. Five overall? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. That exactly. would be an enormous uh, draft pick there because no, I don't think anybody thinks he can go that high, but that's hence, hence what we're doing. Yeah. The, com- the guys that can light up the combine, the top five players. Let me just ask one follow-up on this. So everybody you've said so far is a major school, is a power five conference school. How do you factor in guys that don't play the level of competition that other guys do? Like in this case, Quinion Mitchell is playing at Toledo. He's not playing in the SEC or Big Ten. No, he wasn't. But that was a box that he checked when he went down to the Senior Bowl last month. And he had an opportunity to get in front of the scouts and perform against, you know, major, major FBS competition. He had no problem handling those bigger receivers, and that's something that everybody wanted to see. Not an issue at all. It's as advertised. Again, the man-to-man cover skills, second to none in this class. Like, I mean, Terry and Arnold, Kool-Aid McKinstry, all of the other, Nate Wiggins, all of the other corners that people are floating out there, this guy has better man skills than all of them. Wow. So he's that good. Again, he's going to have to clean up some of the stuff in zone coverage, but as far as what you're looking for, Prototype cornerback, Quinion Mitchell has all of the tools. He's got all of the intangibles. Next. Number two. Drake May, quarterback from UNC. Now, Drake May has a tremendous, tremendous opportunity this weekend because the other two quarterbacks in the top three of this class aren't throwing. They're not working out. So, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, they're not working out. Drake May is, and he's going to wow people. First of all, this is a big man. He's 6'5", he's 230 pounds, and he's a tremendous athlete. He's probably going to run somewhere in the 4'6 range in terms of 40-yard dash, which is moving for a quarterback. That's pretty damn good. I mean, that's Cam Newton type of territory in terms of his 40-yard dash. That's how fast Drake May is going to run. But then I think what's going to impress people is his ability to drive the ball down the field. I mean, his arm talent is second to none in this class as well. So I think – People have this misconception about Drake May. They look at him and they say he is a pocket passer. And I'm saying there is nothing on a football field at the quarterback position that Drake May can't do at a high level. So let's not try to put this guy in a box because he may look like some other quarterbacks. This guy is as athletic as any quarterback in the class, and he has as good arm talent as any quarterback in the class. Drake May is going to light up the combine. My best fit for Drake May is the Washington Commanders. With all that being said, do you think that if coaches get eyes on him and they are wowed by him, that we could start having that conversation if he should go number one? Do you think he could jump Caleb Williams with a with a great combine? I, I, I do think I do think we'll start to hear some noise around that wow. conversation. I do I do I do think it'll become a thing. I that, do. That's exactly I do. where I was going to go. I do. I'm confused by this. So not by you, but in general, if Drake May runs like Cam. 
and throws better than anyone in the draft. Is Caleb Williams already a Hall of Famer? Am I missing? Like, you just <laughs> described a guy that is better than anyone else in this draft. Right? I mean, so now describe in any Caleb. Given, in any given year, Drake May can be the number one overall pick. Wow. In any given year. That's how talented he is as a player. But? There is no but. Why are you waiting but, for a but? Because he's not <laughs> going to be there the is, number there one. Is, there is no but. Because he's not going to be the number one pick. I have, no, I have no butt. You have a butt. I saw you walking out. There's a butt. He's got a nice suit on today. He's oh doing get up later. He's oh got a butt. Chris Canty has now claimed he does not have a butt. I think he does. We'll what? play. We'll play Call of Duty next. It's on Sportsmanlike oh on ESPN Radio. Oh wait, he's got one more. Number left. one. I thought that was number one. No, was number Drake May's number two. Drake May's number two. Sorry. But here's another guy. That Can we my, get this guy out of here? Jeez. There's <laughs> another guy host. that's in the conversation to be I'm the sorry. tops of this position, and that's wide receiver Romo Dunze from Washington. Now, everybody is assuming that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the first wide receiver off the board, and he may well be. But in any given year, it could be Odunze. I mean, he's 6'3", 215 pounds. He's going to run a 4'4", 40 or better. He's that type of athlete. He's got deep speed, but he's also got short area quickness, which is impressive for a man that's his size. I think he has the ability to track the deep ball, which is going to be his forte at the next level. He's a take-the-top-off-of-the-defense type of receiver. And, and to me, based on where he lands, this guy should be one of the early favorites for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ooh. That's the kind of talent that Romo Dunze have. The best fit for Romo Dunze and our very own Nuno to share is going to love this. The New York Giants. No way. The New York Giants. Romo Dunze to the New York Giants. No, no. Get excited. Wide receivers first round scary to me. I just wouldn't do the wide receivers and running backs. Although, controllable contracts for four years, I guess that probably makes more sense than the overpay later in the career. Right? The Giants drafted Odell Beckham in the first round. Seems like he was a pretty good player. Yeah. Did that work out? I'm actually, that's a fascinating question. They paid him. <laughs> it worked out for him. They paid him. He was productive. <sighs> my, my whole big tease is ruined now. I had this whole thing. I screwed up. I thought we were at number one. Why do you say that about wide receivers in the first round? I don't like paying wide receivers and running backs. You know that. I would just constantly churn like the Chiefs, like the Steelers Wait, have done. you have Patrick Mahomes. You could do that. Not every, right. not every team. Daniel Jones is not way. similar to Patrick Mahomes. No, not at all. The Cardinals have a quarterback. They'll let you know that. We'll discuss next. It's on Sportsman, like presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. So we've spent a ton of time on our show talking about the quarterback position in the NFL this year, right? 
Kind of something you talk about when you do what we do for a living. Quarterback in the NFL. Kind of important. Yeah. We've <laughs> talked about job openings. We've talked about guys who may not be back in their current situations. Possible trades, draft picks, etc. Teams that could be looking for a quarterback. And the Arizona Cardinals have not come up over the last couple of months at all with this, right? We knew at the end of the season, by them deciding to play Kyler Murray, that they were going to go with Kyler Murray in their future. Uh, their head coach, Jonathan Gannon, told us as such. Yet, yesterday, for no apparent reason, the, the Arizona Cardinals put out a tweet letting us all know who their quarterback was. It was a picture of Kyler Murray, three different pictures, and... The tweet says, our franchise QB. <laughs> I'm going to go Brian Windhorst style. Why would they do that? What was the reasoning behind that? Do we know? Anybody? Bueller? Why did they do that? Okay, I see the, I see I the wheels no, spinning. I have, I have no ahead. idea, but, but. I mean, what's understood ain't got to be said. But it was but, said. But that's, but that's my point. So why, why, why was it said? Yeah. Has there been conversation internally about what they're doing with Kyler Murray, potentially moving up into the top three and taking a quarterback? Because right now they have the fourth overall pick. Right. So, I mean, the draft capital that it will cost to move up to three or two is not as extreme or not as extensive as it would be if you're in the back half of the top ten or outside of the top ten. So I'm just assuming that there have been conversations in the desert about potentially moving on from Kyler Murray. And, you know, the organization right as of right now has landed on Kyler being their guy. Yeah. That's not to say that somebody couldn't blow them away with an offer uh, I mean, to take Kyler Murray off their hands and they could use that capital in order to position themselves to get their next franchise quarterback, which would be a cheaper option. But again, for them to come out and say that on the eve of the combine lets me know that there might be some smoke in Arizona, some dissension based on who they think the starting quarterback should be moving forward. Yeah, you said what's understood doesn't have to be said. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't tweeting that out about Patrick Hell Mahomes. No. You don't Hell see the Bengals no. tweeting that out about Joe Burrow because you're right. We don't have to say it. We already know it. And when this was put out, it it reeks of Josh Rosen. A lot of people were doing the comparison between the tweet that they put out about Josh Rosen being their guy and now Kyler Murray. And obviously the former did not work out so well in Arizona. So what you're saying is Arizona, they're serial monogamous when it comes to their quarterbacks? But then they eventually break yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> monogamous to a point. Uh, essentially the serial part. Yeah, yes, exactly. Serial exactly. But when they put this out, I go, are they trying to convince us or trying to convince themselves? Because that's kind of what it feels like to me, that they're trying to convince everyone, including themselves, that Kyler is going to be the guy. Even though in his return last year, he did improve and you saw offensive production from the team, it still feels like he's in that gray area and the Cardinals are trying to convince everybody. I don't believe Kyler Murray's a franchise quarterback. I really don't. He's not somebody that I would say, okay, I got to have him on my team. Like There are a few guys around the league that have really kind of fallen off in comparison to where they were. And some of them, I have belief that maybe they could bounce back. Others, like Deshaun Watson, if you told me he was going to bounce back and be really good for the Cleveland Browns, that would not be shocking to me. It just wouldn't be. He's given me no evidence of such, but I've seen him at such a high level in Houston that if he bounced back and was really good, I would not be shocked by that. I just don't buy it with Kyler Murray. I don't buy he's a franchise quarterback. He is not somebody that I would want personally as my franchise quarterback. I'm sorry. The whole study hall clause thing is hard to get out of my mind. It's not like an off-the-field issue like Watson had, obviously, which is way more important. But from an on-field issue perspective – If you're telling me, you're publicly saying we have to require our quarterback to study the plays in the playbook, that is scary and that's tough to get out of my mind. And they did that to him and he did that to him. 
I just don't buy that he's a franchise quarterback, but he is currently their franchise quarterback. And if we assume all three quarterbacks go one, two, and three, he is going to have an all-time talent at that wide receiver, at least coming out of college, and Marvin Harrison Jr. that Mm -hmm. he can throw to. I just don't buy into the guy, and I have no understanding as to why they did what they did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. Now, maybe it's the $52 million cap hit that he has in 2024 that's making them consider all of their options. Think about it. The salary cap is $255 million, and this guy's taking up $52 million of that salary cap. I didn't realize it was that that high. That gives you cause for pause, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we're talking about 20% of your salary cap in Kyler Murray. Is he worth that much to you on the field as a player? If not then would you consider trading him to move off of him? If they traded him, they would save $5 bucks without even reworking the contract. So I think you have to consider all options if you're Arizona. I just don't see a team that's in the top three that would be willing to do you any favors in terms of trading back and allowing you to move up to take one of those three guys at the top of the draft. That's where I stumbled too. Who's the dance partner, right? Like if this is all smoke, then – I just keep trying to connect it to something, and I'm falling up short. I can't really see a scenario in which he isn't with the Cardinals next yeah, year. Yeah, you know Washington is taking a quarterback. Exactly. New ownership, new head coach, new GM. Like They, they want to reset on the, organi- on the organization, and it actually makes sense. Like To have your new GM, head coach, and quarterback on the same timeline makes all the sense in the world. That's what functional franchises do. They're taking a quarterback. We know the Bears are taking a quarterback. So could the Patriots be that team that's willing to slide back just because they might not believe they're in position as a franchise to develop a quarterback? I just want to make sure I'm clear on what you're asking. Slide back but not take on Murray, right? Yeah, not take on Murray. I'm talking about slide back. Yeah, I think that for sure. I think they're definitely a team that could. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they could absolutely trade back and still draft a quarterback either in wherever they end up or in the second or third round, whatever it may be. But in terms of the overall Murray, Smalls asked the question about where would a landing spot be for him if theoretically Arizona was interested in moving him once they were to move up. I guess the question becomes, do you want Murray at that astronomical number that CC just brought up, or would you rather Justin Fields, or would you rather Russell? Well, that, that doesn't end up being the number that the team takes on. What's, Remember. what's the team number? Do well, we know? well the, team, the team would have to be responsible for paying Kyler Murray, I think it's $39 million in cash. Oh, boy. Which is not small, but, right. I mean, that's about the going rate for a starting quarterback in the NFL. Remember, Daniel Jones is making $40 million a year. So let's just call it 40 just for argument's sake, yeah. right? So incoming team would take on Kyler at 40 or Russell Wilson at $10 an hour. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields, uh, by way of a second-round pick, nothing this year, and then, what, 20-something next year, and then maybe moving on, or uh, maybe more than that. Or Kirk Cousins at $45 million a year. We're guesstimating. Kyler Murray would be in last place of those options for me. I don't know. I think Kyler Murray would make more sense than Russell Wilson would with a team like the Las Vegas Raiders. So do I. I think it would make more sense. With that team, I like that. You're right. I, I think like it that. would make more sense. Big time. So, I mean, like, I, mean I, I could see a scenario where – there will be teams that would miss out on Justin Fields that wouldn't necessarily want to be in the Russell Wilson business that could say, you know what, we don't want to go with a rookie quarterback. We'll go with a more veteran option that gives us runway. Kyler Murray, who's still a relatively young player at the position. I mean, it's not like Kyler Murray is some old guy. He's 26 years old. Let's hold this thought. It's an interesting hypothetical in terms of the trade rumors around the NFL right now and what this tweet actually meant by Arizona yesterday. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. 
Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.